Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Peter went fishing, saw Jesus, went swimming, had brunch on its own solid Saturday, on its own, loses everything else. These stories are part of something bigger. On their own, they have the danger of losing their significance. See, all this happens after the disciples saw Jesus on Easter, after they hid in a locked room for fear of their lives. Twice. They know that Jesus rose from the dead. They know what it's supposed to mean, but the problem is that they're still fugitives. Pilate is still in charge of the city. The Pharisees are still in charge of the temple. Caiaphas, the high priest of sham trials, still directing traffic. Jesus rose from the dead. The temple was torn down and rebuilt in three days, but nothing seems different at all. Easter didn't seem to solve anything for the disciples. So Peter goes back to the nets that he left behind to become fishers of men, to follow his Lord, to see the kingdom of God made present. This is not a day trip. He knows full well that Jesus rose. He knows that Jesus actually sent him out to proclaim the resurrection and forgive sinners their sins. Peter goes out fishing because he's trying to quit the ministry and go back to his old job. Which I guess I get. I mean, we say that the death and resurrection of Jesus destroyed death, conquered the evil one, forgave all of the sins of the world, but everything looks the exact same as it does before. Easter is a victory march, but Peter, I think, is maybe just a little bit tired of limping. And we're allowed to be tired too. We are allowed to want things to go back to normal. We are allowed to actually want to see the results of the empty tomb. But Jesus won't let Peter quit, though. I know it goes against what we so desperately want to believe deep down, but as it turns out, God is actually smarter than us. I know when you say it like that, it kind of seems obvious, what with the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of all the heavens and earth being smarter than me who can't work the dishwasher, fine. But we don't act like it. Deep down, we question things all the time. We are convinced we know better how to do the job than he who has run the universe thus far. So Jesus reminds the disciple. He offers hope. Because this whole fishing miracle thing, this happened before. The last time, Peter, who actually knew fishing, was told to go fish at the wrong time to fish, in the wrong spot to fish, after a night when nothing is biting. And he caught so many fish that his nets were breaking, so many fish that the boats were sinking. This time, though, the nets don't break. They hold. And it doesn't seem like much, but it's everything. It's enough that Peter jumps right out of the boat, away from the fish, Jesus, because that's actually the promise that the resurrection brings. God will carry us through death and back out again. This promise isn't that all of the sinners would be removed from hurting you. It's that they would be forgiven, just like you, because Jesus died for all of the sinners, just like you. This promise isn't that the world would be free from pain. It's that it can't get so bad that God would abandon you to it. 
This promise isn't apart from suffering, but through suffering. It is a cross that Jesus bore for you and for me. It is the cross that he has tied us to, that we would have its benefits, that we would have the mercy given there. And it is the empty tomb and the promise of the resurrection. And what's utterly wild, even though I'm convinced that I know better than God most days of the week, this stuff actually works. Not just for fish, either. For you. For me. For the cross that Jesus bore, he bore for you. And for me. The forgiveness, the life, the salvation, one right there, is yours and mine. It seems foolish for God to become a person in order to die to save us, to utterly destroy the power of sin he would bleed. But the resurrection is proof that death has been destroyed, that Christ has conquered it in our stead, that Christ has descended into the pit and carried us back out, even if it had to be kicking and screaming. This is the promise that Easter is for us now. This is God's goal, to save us, to bring us to the resurrection, and he will drag us there. And in the meanwhile, he'll dwell down here with you too. Jesus feeds the disciples. The bread and the fish that fed 5,000 are now a part of an even bigger miracle. They're a chance to dine with the God who died and then rose again. They're a chance to find comfort and hope in a God who would not abandon the disciples, even in their weakest moments when they would abandon him. Jesus dines with sinners in a promise that even at their lowest, he has not left them. He loves them. And he's going to carry them through this. See the nets overflow and know the promise for what it is. God will hang on to you, giving the word, giving the sacrament. God will not be far from you in your time of need. He will ever cling to you in times of trouble. So even if you are done with all this madness and ready to quit, his resurrection is still your resurrection. And our God is not quitting on you through sickness and pain, out of sickness and sin and death, and into the resurrection itself, your Lord will bear you up. So do not be afraid, for Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.